Welcome to the show. My name is Tom Boyd. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to host a podcast for beginners. And this is sort of the mental side. These are things that kind of I just brain dumped a list of things that I did to approach my show. This might not be the correct way for everyone, but this is what worked for me. And you might be able to cherry pick and steal some of these things to apply it to your show that you're building, that you're starting, that you already have been uh, doing, and you might want to just rethink about some of the approaches. So these are essentially, this is everything but the tech side. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, listen, when it comes to the audio production, the video production, like I am not your guy. <laughs> when it comes to the interpersonal skills, when it comes to the to the mindset stuff around hosting a show, I, I can I can uh, offer some assistance there. So again, before we get into it, this show is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. So all right, let's get into this list here. So one, how do you get guests on your show? So this is what worked for me. I started an IG and a TikTok. And I, I believe that if I just started the podcast first, it would have been way harder to get guests on my show. And so I created shorts within a specific subject matter for creators. I kind of had this tagline behind the scenes. This account is the spokesperson for the creator economy. And I just shared my thoughts, my way of thinking. And what it did was it attracted like-minded individuals. And we built these kind of like loose relationships uh you know just showing support saying what's up like in the comments in the dms and then when it came time to have a show i just sent out some voice notes and i said hey i'm starting a show i would love to explore these topics that we've already dm'd about a little bit more then i created a calendly link and i said if you want to hop on the show here's where you schedule and I created a Calendly link, and then it had the Riverside link right in there. So when they scheduled, it just threw it on their calendar. It said, click this link at uh, this time, uh, whenever you schedule, and we'll hop on. And it's that simple. Uh, and I think a big part of it is creating some sort of short-form channel. It could be Twitter. It could be uh, probably Twitter, TikTok, or Instagram uh, reels is is like where I'd recommend because it's a way to share your way of thinking. Then people start to it attracts like-minded individuals, and then those are the types of people that will be fun conversations for you. Th th those are conversations where you can you you already kind of built this this rapport, and then from those conversations, then you have these case studies of these good conversations. Then for reaching out to people with cold emails, then you have examples. Say, hey, uh, you know, depending on who I'm reaching out to, if there's someone that is a big course creator, what I'll do is I'll share three links of people that are big course creators that I've already interviewed so they have a sense of what these conversations look and feel like. And and I think the, the way in, the way that you kind of get your foot in the door is through sharing your insights through short-form content in some way. Two, let's get into it. Take nothing personally. Admire them for protecting their time. Majority of the people say, hey, man, it doesn't make sense right now. It, uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of writing a book. Maybe when I'm finished the book, I'll hit you up. Like when someone says, hey, it doesn't make sense for me right now, I champion that. Like I, I love that. Hey, Great for you. Um, maybe it'll make sense in the future, and I have had that happen before. Like when someone has something to promote, or they, you know, it, it just 
the, the, the timing makes more sense, they follow up and say, hey, can I hop on the show? Like even for me, some people reach out to me right now and want me to be on their show. And I'm, I'm sort of in like a mental phase right now where I, uh, I'm not really sure what I want to build. And so I'm, I haven't been hopping on shows because I'm trying to kind of figure out that without, because what happens is once you go out there and you start talking about it, even if it's on a show that's not that popular, you start to see the things you're getting attention for. And then you start building around those things you're getting attention for. But those might not be the things that you're most excited about, right? Like that, that's just sort of like the flow of the energy that is coming to you. But what happens is when you hop on these shows, you start talking about things and then people clip those things and then more people ask you to be on their show and then people clip those things. And then you start to build this whole character around something that you don't entirely want to build your brand around. So for me right now, I've been kind of chilling on hopping on other people's shows as I'm trying to figure out what I, what exactly I want bonus footage and, and this podcast to be. Number three, brain dump questions. All right. So what you're going to do is once you have a guest on your show, look at, what they've already presented to the world. So whether it's their Twitter, their website, their freebie, go to those things and see, go to those things, absorb the content, then just get a Notion doc, a Google doc, whatever kind of doc you, you like to get and brain dump 20 questions. Blue sky, don't even edit. Don't even think that like this is the question you have to ask them. Just ask 20 questions. Just write them down, list them. Then maybe go for a walk, maybe wait a day or two, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe go meditate, then come back to the questions and then pick your favorite seven to 10. I find that my show is like, I, I need no more than, than like eight to 10 questions to, to have an hour long episode because more questions, more threads pop up as you ask those first questions. So seven to 10 good core ones are are a great way to start. So from that 20, you can chuck it down to seven to 10. And then within those seven to 10, then kind of look at it as, and like you'll start to get more of an intuitive feel about this, then create a story arc out of those seven to 10 questions. And I feel like I could have a whole a whole podcast episode just around that concept alone, but then order those questions in a way that feels like there's a story there. They feel like they connect in sequential order. You know, obviously when you're on the fly and you're on, on the show, uh, you know, s stuff might divert and go other directions, might go down rabbit holes that like are, are a little different than that. But then you can keep kind of coming back to that story arc. That's why I don't need to look at my questions that much because like I kind of tell this story with the questions before I'm even on the show. Like I have a sense of where I want this thing to go. So uh, I'm trying to think of a specific example. Uh, I, I guess Jay Klaus might be a good one because I, I knew that, all right, so I, I knew there was a bunch of things about his career that he had um, uh, th that like I could have highlighted. But for me, for the things that like I was the most interested in, it was like the podcast, the the community, and creating digital products. And I kind of created this like the podcast in my mind is like how he built his audience. Then he created digital products. Then the community is where he kind of built this container around his digital products for that people could subscribe to the community. And it was kind of like this this clear story arc of 
how I wanted the questions to to play out. And within those questions, I also I don't know if you notice on my on my podcast, I don't really do a backstory. I don't like backstories as a as like as a podcast listener, right? Like content is is there there is so many options for for podcasts and uh we kind of see, you know, when people go on these podcast tours, you start you hear their backstory over and over again. And I skip that part. Give me get me right to the actionable stuff. The stuff that I can like the, the like like implement now. Oh yeah, I'm good with the backstory. So I do find you can use the questions in your story arc to work some of the backstory in to add that social proof, that validation. But like if I trust the host, if I trust the host, I don't need the backstory. You can just give me the quick highlight in the intro and I don't need to know the whole backstory. It will reveal itself in the questions if they're a good host. So when I ask Jenna Rainey about her her course, I talk about how she built this whole art licensing career in the questions around the course, right? So you get this sense of, oh, she's legit. She's built this career as an artist. That's where I, I weave in her backstory, like into the questions where we're getting to the actionable advice. All right, does that make sense? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I love how I'm, t- I'm talking to you. Like I, I'm talking to you like you got your notepad out and you, I'm the only thing you're listening to, but I know that you're probably like walking your dog, you're driving to work, you're, you're at the playground. Uh, why are you at the playground? Uh, you might be at the playground because your kid's playing and you're kind of sitting there on the side and you're like, yo, I'm going to listen to this podcast because Tom Boyd is going to rock my world with this information on how to host a podcast for beginners. That's why. Okay, All right, let's get back into it. Um, so you brain dump those questions. You create a story arc with the questions. Okay, I like this one. Create an outline that is just one word or a phrase that sums up the questions. Uh, when I when I interviewed Shante Cofield, when I was looking at her her freebie, her website, her content, this word, it was a phrase, value ladder, kept coming up. And I could tell that she's an expert around this topic of creating a value ladder. And I knew that that was something I was interested in. So I like kind of like the whole summarization of her questions was value ladder. Uh, for Jay Klaus, it was systems. He's great at creating systems around his content. He has the podcast, the newsletter, the community, his course course platforms. And, and all of them had like a clear container that made sense within his whole creative platform. So I was looking at that like he's built this beautiful system around each digital asset that he's created. And so I kind of came back to this word systems. Then when you go to host the show, when you go to hop on the show, I learned this from James Altucher. He says that he watched stand-up comedy for five minutes before his show. It kind of gets him in like a light and like uh, a, a light and fun uh, mental mindset before he goes on the show. Like the opposite of tight. The opposite of, you know, sometimes you go into these shows and we're a bit nervous. There's some there's some there's some anxiousness around it. Is the guest going to like me? Is is are my am I going to be feeling it today? Just conduct a, a fun conversation for my audience. If you're going in tight, the the guest can feel that. The guest senses that. And then they're going to give you their mirror neurons are going to then produce tight answers. <laughs> so what, what we want is those unwound, relaxed, comfortable, feeling like they're chatting to a friend. So I think doing something like watching 
stand-up comedy for five minutes can kind of help you put put yourself in that mindset because uh, stand-up comedians are good at doing that. They're good at making the audience feel comfortable. They're good at projecting this light and, and loose energy with their audience. And they're in a situation where most people would not be relaxed because <laughs> they're in front of an audience trying to make them laugh. So James Altucher talks about that, and so I, I, I do that. I, I, have, I don't do that all the time, but sometimes if I'm feeling really tight, <laughs> I'll watch some comedy, and, and it'll lo- loosen me up a little bit. Kind of veered off on that one there, but you're still listening, so let's keep rocking it. Uh, th- now the next one is, this is like a, this is what I realized. Everyone that you interact with is a guest on your show. So like if you go to the grocery store and you're at the 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 counter and you're and you're and you're paying for your your bananas and your produce and um your jicama <laughs> and your yucca, that's what I buy. I buy the weird vegetables. When you talk to the person at the checkout counter, you can interact with them like you're a host. When you talk to your friend on the phone, you can interact with them like you're a host. You can tee up. You can, you can find things that pique your genuine curiosity around their avocation, <laughs> around uh, their day, right? You, you, you can practice being a host. This is what I'm getting at. You can practice being a host in every conversation that you have. You can practice listening. You can practice uh, getting to the the key insights by asking better questions. It's not from reading a book. It's from using your every interaction to think in the mindset of a podcast host. I, I, I've told people about this on some of the, the episodes, but my dad jokes about my mom. He says that uh, they'll be at the movie theater and and – she goes to the bathroom. Uh, if she goes to the bathroom and she meets someone, and by the time she comes, you know, comes out, they're washing their hands. By the time they come out, she knows the woman's mortgage. <laughs> like she, she, she knows how much she's paying for her house, where it is, what, what, where her kids go to school. Like she's just naturally inquisitive. Like she's very curious about other people, and I think that's a mindset that she has and she doesn't do it in an annoying way like she does it in a very genuine way she doesn't do it in a way where she's like wants the dirt she's doing it in a way where she's just like loves people she finds so much interested interest in other people's stories and other people can feel that that's why they tell them the information so i i like so find like in these everyday conversations find the things that you're naturally curious about and that brings us to the next one. Use your mental highlighter. So this is a uh, thing that I do in conversation. So the same way that you would like look on your Kindle and you would highlight the things that jump out to you, when people are talking and someone says something, so let's use Shantae again, uh, the, the movement maestro that was on the, my podcast. If she says she's talking about uh, being a, a creating digital products and then she says – you know, the only way she's talking and then she works in the word value ladder. I would take that mental highlighter and be like, OK, I want to come back to that word. And she finishes her question and I'll say, tell me more. Like, because like my genuine interest would be like, what the heck is a value ladder? <laughs> I'd, I'd say, hey, what is a value ladder? Like, 
Can you explain or elaborate for like a, someone that knows nothing about what a value ladder is? What is that in the simplest terms? Then in the simplest terms, she talks about that. And she says something else around a value ladder. And she says, your freebie is the thing that gets people into your world. And I, and like, I was like, into my world? What do you mean by that? Well, uh, like into my world, I would highlight that. Can you describe the the actual actions that someone would take to get someone to use a freebie to get them into their world, right? So the, each time you use a mental highlighter, you can build a new question around that. E each word that they say, the one that you look at and you're like, I want to know more about that. That's the one you highlight and then you build a question around that. It's a brilliant idea. So you can do that and you can practice that in your everyday conversations. And the beauty is... It just gives you endless content. It gives you e e endless topics to talk about, uh, and people like you. You know, they say, "Man, like he really listens and pays attention to, to what it is that I that I talk about." But it's also a little bit. I mean, in like a selfish way, what you're doing is you're you're following your genuine curiosity. You're saying, "Oh, what is this?" And then you get to these. You find this cool synergy each time you do that into into things that you you're both aligned on and then you realize like oh like we have like e even though they, they work in this industry like I can learn these 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 nuggets and like and like relate them to my world in some way I don't yeah I think it's just like a great practice to have and in it, and it, and it uh in social situations and anytime that you're out in public like you know sometimes I'll go to my uh my wife's friends parties and I'll like meet these the husbands or the boyfriends and I use the mental highlighter I use the mental highlighter and then I you know I I, I feel like I feel like I'm able to connect with people and build rapport fairly quickly because I use that skill set and then it also works in the podcast all right so there hasn't been okay this is a funny one there hasn't been one time during the editing process that I didn't <laughs> This is a little extreme that I didn't hate myself. I wrote this down. Like, again, I brain dumped this and I was just kind of like free writing this. So like I get every I watch the show or I, I edit the shows and I'm like, why did I ask that question? Why did I say that that way? Why did I why did I stutter like that? Like 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 th there's so many things that I feel insecure about in the process of creating the show. I'm just telling you that because like I think some people can be like, yo, Tom seems fairly confident and like. I am to a degree, but also in like, like I stumble and embarrass myself all the time on this show. I'm doing it right now. I'm embarrassing myself. And <laughs> so like, like what I'm saying is like, I'm trying to give you that to say like, okay, if Tom's able to create his show and feel that unease that, uh, at, at times with like how he's showing up, then, then it might be fine for me. And I, I honestly, I think there's some relatability to it. There's, there's things that I purposely leave in to show that it doesn't need to be this perfect production. I know that some podcasts, they go that route. Like it needs to be like this perfect high end, high quality, no stutters, no likes, n none of the, none of the human stuff just get, it's just like, it's, it's very formatted and templated. I want the guests in the show to feel like, again, comfortable. And if I'm showing, if I'm showing, you know, if, if I'm not shy to show my human side, uh, you know, my flaws, the things that my, my blemishes, the things that I'm not entire, like, you know, I, I, I think that that helps them feel more comfortable. 
if I if I'm trying to be too cool, if I'm trying to be flawless, then like they feel like they're not just jamming with a friend. But that's how conversations are when we're jamming with friends. So we're still talking here. You're still listening. This is a lot of fun. So once they're as they're asking questions, here are two. Here, here's something that that you can say. So once you pull this mental highlighter out, you say, "How do you think about?" Like getting, I like to get people's thinking on something. So someone says, talk, you know, she's talking about course, um, uh, the course industry. And I'll say, hey, how do you think about the course industry compared to college? <laughs> you know, and I just want their thinking. It, there's not like a, a clear answer. Uh, there's not like a clear specific, like th- that's a, uh, th- that's just, a good go-to when you don't have a question. Ask them about their thinking on a subject. What do you think? Like, how do you think about the future of short-form content? You know, and you start to get their strategy, their big-picture ideas around their hot takes, their their genuine feel around something that they might not share in their short-form videos or in like their newsletter or whatever. How do you think about this? That's a good one to go to. All right, so as you're asking questions, there are two questions that you can go to a lot. What and how? What and how leads to answers that aren't yes or no. <laughs> you know, what is your strategy for marketing your podcast? How do you go about getting guests on your show? Like you, you like they those, those produce clear insights from the guest. So you you can go to how do you think about so you get their thinking, their strategic approach, but then you can get specific and say, what do you do? Like, what is the exact process? How do you, how do you go about doing this thing? What and how get to, I find, get to the clear insights and the gems from your, from your guests. So number 12, shorts. So I think this is like an etiquette thing. So obviously, People make a lot of short-form content from these podcast episodes nowadays. That's the thing. That's how you market them. But sometimes they can be created out of context. Like people will have have used clips of me from their show, and I'm like, that's not really like what I said. <laughs> but they took the the soundbite that like th- they thought would would get the most reach. Someone, when someone's talking in like a long form conversation, you can take sound bites to make people sound in, in ways that like aren't true to them. So what I've been trying to do more is when I make clips of other people, send it to them and say, hey, are you cool with this? Are you cool with me putting it out in this way? Is, is this what you meant by saying this? And, and, and I give them and like I find that the guests appreciate that instead of just people going willy nilly and making clips out of just – you know what's gonna get the uh the the most clicks um making sure that it's true to them and aligned with what they want in the world number 13 enjoy the process like yo have a lot of fun with it have a lot of fun with it i think it's way easier to to grow a shorts channel uh a tiktok uh instagram reels a twitter you're gonna see more a, a way bigger audience on those things but i think so that's why i'm trying to come back to you need to like this because there isn't that clear external validation from the from like like it does on the other platforms it, it needs to be something that is like truly a passion project even if you're making money from it like you need you need to find a way to enjoy it or you're just not going to sustain it so i 
I like keep coming back to like what is to what do I, what do I need to talk about to make this fun for me? What is what types of guests, what types of conversations do I want to have on the show that are going to make it's going to make this fun for me? Because if you're just looking at like other people are doing, like like I said, like it, it you're not going to see those unless you're already a big creator and have big audience to to push the show to. It's not going to get crazy reach from the jump. So it needs to be something that is a, truly aligned with you or you're, you're just going to stop doing it. It just It's going to be something that that is the other things are going to get attention because you're getting more attention for those things. So so find a way to enjoy this process. Uh, I, I, you know, I think that looks different for everybody. For me, it's a lot of doing shows like this, doing these solo shows, talking to people that I genuinely want to have conversations with. There's a lot of um, people that I could have on the show, uh, established people, people that would give this show a lot of visibility uh, from from my years working in the entertainment industry that I could have on the show. But I don't want to talk to them. Uh, like, 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 because like, uh, this is what I know it would be. Then it would turn, or, the show would have to, that's the the that's what the show would turn into because I would get attention for having that type of guest. Then I would I would have to have more type of guests like that. But I don't want to have guests like that. I want to talk to the I want to talk to the types of creators that like I'm genuinely interested in right, in right now. And that's how I'm enjoying the process. And I'd rather do it that way because like I love this format of content. So I'm I'm like purposely not having certain conversations on the show because I want to keep the this all around the subjects that give me the most energy. This is a good one. This kind of aligns up perfectly. You don't need stars you on your show. You need to make your guest stars to your audience. So I talk to people on my show, even if they have small followings, even if I think they're emerging creators, I talk to them like they're stars. You look for the people that have star potential too, right? And then you then be the person that brings this star to your audience. I love. Actually, let's talk about like one of my favorite things that pe- that that as, as a result of my show that isn't measured by any creator dashboard that isn't measured by any metrics is when I see someone comment on someone else's page and say, "I found you because of creators are brands." And I'm so happy that I found your your podcast or your your Instagram or your TikTok or your YouTube channel. I and like that gives me so much freaking joy. I want each guest. I treat them like a star, right? A lot of people kind of start their show and say, "I need to get these huge guests on my show." No, you need to make the guest on your show huge in the eyes of your audience. <laughs> and if you're doing it right, right, I think this is a huge skill set: the ability to see potential, to see people in your industry that are earlier on in their career that 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 you can tell get this you can tell have an intuitive sense of how to create and communicate and and uh, i mean i i guess i'm i'm talking about like for me it would be for like creators like seeing people that have the potential to be big and and you would bet on to be big big get them on your show Get them on your show and then and then use those conversations to introduce them to your audience and treat them like they're stars. You don't have to just get stars. Make people on your show stars. 
the the next one is like this is this is obviously a, a layup like start with people you know it's, it's where you can practice a little freely you can kind of learn your voice a little bit and then you can bring people in that uh that are that are totally new to you because you can start to understand how you want to conduct these conversations what your strengths are the types of questions and i'm telling you 10 episodes, 20 episodes, 30 episodes. I started to feel real confident around like 40 episodes in. Like I feel like I could talk to anyone in the creator economy with no questions in front of me and I could have a, I could I could host a great show. I didn't feel like that at the beginning, but I I, I understand that it, it kind of had to notch up to that point. And you, and you start with people that you know that like you know you, you know there's trust there. So if like uh you know if if the, the tech, if the tech doesn't work, if you want to redo questions, like you, you know that you can kind of like take some liberties with them and, and experiment a little bit to kind of learn how you want to show up on this show. And then this one is probably the most important is with a podcast, it's important to come in with the mindset of building a library of content, a library of content, shorts, Twitter, uh, you know, those types of formats, people are going for virality. They're going for those one hits, those smashes that like blow up their account. And like they go from 20 followers to, to, uh, doing you know, 2000 followers to 200,000 followers in a short period of time. But I think the, the podcast format is, is, is honestly sort of how musicians are starting to create their content. So, they're very consistent with how they put music out, knowing that once you get that one, those one or two that blow up, then, like in music, people buy into your music. And what happens when you buy into someone's music, then you say, I want to listen to their other stuff. So once you have a podcast, it's a very evergreen type of style of content. I do this all the time with shows. Once I find a podcast host and like a show format that I like, I'm like, oh my gosh, they have... <laughs> 79 more shows here that I can I can listen to and then you kind of go in and you kind of binge a bunch of their other content so once you get one or two of those shows to get a whole new like uh uh like set of people into your your content you get a lot of new listens because they want to go to your backlog of content and so that's why the the library of content is important because when you have that library built up then that one new listen leads to a lot like, you know, potentially 10 to 20 new listens. Uh, so, again, the, the library mindset also works when it comes to your skill set. So you're, you're building, as you're building this show, again, you're, 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 build, you're, you're networking and you're building marketable skills throughout the process from communication to content production to marketing to asset creation. And, you're, and then I also believe it's an outlet for self-improvement. So if you're reading all these self-improvement books, these self-development books or whatever, like it gives you something to channel what you're learning towards. So if you're learning about flow, if you're learning about communication skills, if you're learning about organization or storytelling or 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 editing, like all of these things, you can use your show as an outlet and you can pick these marketable skills to get a little bit better each time. And then so as you're building this library of content, this is the crazy thing, once you're 50 episodes in, it's not a challenge for you, right? Like, like you did the hard work. So not only did you do the hard work, the first episodes 
you know, as you're building your system, your voice, as you're trying to become a better host, you did most of the, you did a lot of the work necessary to then become a good host. Then hosting a show, it's it's like kind of wild how effortless it becomes, <laughs> right? Like like that that that's the cool thing about doing this the like working as a podcast. Like it it doesn't or, or like honestly any, any sort of content. The more you do it, the better you get at it. The more effortless it is, but also the more success you see because <laughs> you don't have to work as hard, but because you start to build up this audience, you're working less, but you're producing more results. Focus on those 21 shows. Build that library mindset. Do a, do, don't even go crazy with the editing. What you're going to focus on is building your network, so reaching out to people and getting them on your show, hosting the show, having, I want to say compelling conversations, but more, more just conversations where you are genuinely interested because then that will lead to compelling conversations. And then three showing up consistently. So pick a cadence and stick to that cadence. And then after those 21 shows, then look at it and say, okay, maybe the, these are the ones that I were, that were most aligned with me. This is the direction that I think I want to take this thing. Maybe the show should be 10 minutes and not 40 minutes. Maybe I want to try this format. Then you switch it up a little bit. But in that process, you're going to build your network. You're going to become a better communicator. And you're going to be better at creating content. Those are all things that no matter what industry you're in, what you want to do with this podcast, those are all things becoming a better network networker, a better communicator, and better at creating content. You can apply to what, whatever it is that you're working on in other areas. So either way, if the show doesn't blow up, right, <laughs> at least you have these, these skill sets that you can apply in, in any way that, you, you know, like to, to move yourself forward in your career in some way, shape, or form. Build a catalog. B build something that when someone finds it, they say, oh my gosh, there's so much more and I'm excited to, to get into this. I appreciate you for listening to Creators Are Brands. If you enjoyed this show, I would, I would love if you would share this with a friend who wants to start a podcast. And don't just share it with them. Say subscribe. Say subscribe, follow. Say subscribe, follow all the things because this show is freaking rad. <laughs> All right, or don't do that.